Hey, Future Lee checking in here. Wow, it's been almost four years. If you're finding us for the first time, we highly recommend you start with our later episodes first and go backwards. These early episodes were a bit rough <laughs> because we were still finding our footing, our voice. But if you like it raw, go ahead and start here. If you like it a bit more polished, feel free to jump to a later episode. Either way, we really appreciate the support. Thank you. Welcome to Why Won't You Love Yourself, um, a podcast where we bitch at each other and question each other's life choices uh, based on our taste in men, who we stand, who we befriend, and uh, and people who put their cereal before their milk, but not milk before their cereal. I think that's completely wrong. <laughs> what? No, that's a terrible thing. People who put their milk cereal before the milk ends up with soggy cereal. How, no. Fundamentally, not to be eaten immediately. Yeah, but why don't you put the milk first and then you portion control the amount of cereal you want so it's always crispy? Wait, which one do you like, want do first you, again? Do you want the milk first or the milk cereal? first? Okay, so you basically want to replicate like a toilet, right? You have the water in there and you drop your poop in there. Yeah, and I love munching them shits. <laughs> Wait, do you put your cereal first before your milk? Um, well, I don't. Well, I didn't actually used to sit, eat cereal until recently when. I magically lost all my appetite. And so I just recently started eating cereal. And you know the kind of cereal I eat. <laughs> Oreos. Yo, it's so good. Uh, it's like chocolate in the morning. Um, no, I put the cereal Wait, in first and then I put the milk in. You're disgusting. No, because then you can control how much milk you want, right? Like you don't want to put too much milk in there. But milk isn't... What? Do you eat cereal for the milk or do you eat cereal for the cereal? For the cereal. I don't even finish the milk. Yeah, then you can just dump the milk away. If you, I feel like if you put the milk in first, you just, that's way too much milk. How do you no, because you can also milk? control how much milk you put in. And if you want more, you can put more milk in. No, no, no. You need to put, you put the cereal in and then you like cover it just enough. Do you, how much cereal do you eat? Oh, I can go through like half a box of honey bunches. That's disgusting. You're disgusting. No, you're disgusting. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> welcome to yeah. our second episode. Where we talk about cereal, apparently. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Lee. I'm, um, I'm Lee and Michelle, who got canceled for trying to shit in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about that? I, I did hear about that. Um, As someone who loved Glee, I'm not surprised because she looked like a bitch. How do you look like a bitch? Um, look in the mirror. <laughs> you kind of have a resting bitch face I, I, I have been told that many times but I, I watched the first two seasons of Glee and I thought her character was supposed to be the endearing like all-American high school like sweetheart character it wasn't no, Rachel, she's so right? annoying I think she's probably like one of the least favorite characters in Glee really? I would rank that guy who was in Secret Celebrity Drag Race over her First Ooh. of all, you just misgendered her. I, I, I just realized that just now. <laughs> Wait, who's that guy? I prefer Alex Newell <laughs> over Leah Michelle. Thank you. A, Thank B you. Char a C character. 
Oh, wait, wait, no, I don't think you, no, 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 no. You didn't misgender them. They, they go by he, 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 she, sorry, not he, she, he, <laughs> he, him pronouns. But then they, you know what? I'm not sure about this, so I'm not going to. We shouldn't going. talk about this right now. Let's not. We stay in our lanes. Uh, <sighs> yeah. How, how are you doing? It's, um, it's like time. May, May the 3rd. And we are currently still in pandemic mode. It's huh? May the third. <laughs> April, May, April, April, May, June, June third, June third, Nuri. It's June third. We're in July. No, we're in June. Stupid. We're in. Ju- are we in June or July? <laughs> oh, you're right. It's June. Um, we're in June third, and it's still quarantine. And as of right now. I think the United States are going into a civil war. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, we, we try to entertain and distract people with our podcast, but it, it doesn't mean that we need to stay silent on issues that are more uh, important in, in today's society, in today's world. Um, I also know. think that it's important for Asian people to speak up for yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement because as uncomfortable and it, as it is to say, it is very ingrained in most Asian cultures that being darker skinned isn't favorable. There's a lot of Asian people who skin bleach, and we should, <clears throat> and we should really speak up about it. And I think now is the time to really educate yourselves on your privilege as an Asian person. Yeah. You know, the legacy of anti-blackness is so pervasive. I remember growing up in China, there's literally a word, like there's, there is a Chinese equivalent of the N-word. I, I mean, I'll bleep it. we have it in Cantonese too. I think it is something that we say in Hong Kong a lot. And it's yeah. something that I've caught myself saying before. It's so normalized. It is so normalized. And I think it's time to acknowledge that you, we really have to move past that and Maybe bringing it up if you ever hear it. Like I now manage a store full of Asian people, Chinese people specifically. And if I ever hear any kind of intolerance or any kind of racist speak, like I have to, it is my job to teach them why it's not appropriate to say that. Good for you. Yeah. And I posted a black squares today. So I feel like I did all my activism yesterday. (laughs) Well, we want to make sure that we're not being performative with what we're doing. Right. Um, I, I will say, though, that I think it's good to see so many people being part of the, you know, being on board, at least optics-wise, um, with Black Lives Matter. I remember a few years ago, uh, around 2015, 2016, when all that crazy stuff was going down with... Uh, Trayvon Martin? No, Trayvon Martin was a lot earlier. I think that was 2012. Yeah, two, no, it was 2012. <laughs> But like around 2015, 2016, that was when like there was just like a string of crazy police brutality against black people like um, Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, um, Santa Bland. Oh my God, that one was, it was uh, I, like I, I made a perler back then. Um, like a black perler? Perler. Like those, it's like these beads that you make a little plastic. Like thing. a perler bracelet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, a tribute to our first episode where we talked about EDC. Um, I, I wore one, I, wore, I made like a Black Lives Matter fist and I wore it to EDC and I got weird ass looks from people. People just didn't know why. Like, I don't think people back then were on board, but now that we're, you know, it's COVID times and I think it's really amplified the spread of these videos and especially the, the George Floyd video, right? Like that was... Did you did you watch the video? I can't watch it. Yeah, I, I watched parts of it. Um, my friend sent it to me, and I didn't first. I didn't think it was going to be that long. I thought it was just going to be a short video because usually they're pretty short. But then, you know, I'm not going to go into it. I, yeah. uh, it's it's dramatic. I stand with my black brothers, sisters, trans, non-binary folk. I do feel like if you do want to pause this episode and do educate like educate yourself on what's going on right now do it like there are more important things right now than listening to us talk clearly agree and we're going to put up resources in our link tree on our instagram and i also hope that people are putting their money where their mouth is and that they're donating and if you can't donate there are other ways to contribute either a signing petition or there are videos on youtube now that because they collect ad revenue from the video they're able to use all the money that they collected from the ads to be donated to an organization or organizations. Right. So do what you can. Do what you can. Be vocal. Educate yourself. Post black squares. Yeah. Post as many black squares as you can. Stupid piece of shit. I hate you. (laughs) I feel like you didn't do much on that day at all. Well, we're supposed to amplify black voices, right? Am I a black voice? No. Okay, but did you amplify a black voice or did you just stay silent? I think by staying silent, I help amplify because it didn't clog someone else's feet like someone did. Okay, but also, I mean, very valid points and I shared a lot of resources. We're we're not going to go back to this. I think black squares are are fine and I'm just glad that people are on board, finally. Let's talk about the response to the first episode. (laughs) The negativity. (laughs) The slander. You don't need to always go to the negative first, right? We had some pretty good response. You had some pretty positive response. I received no emails, no DMs. That's a joke. I've gotten some. Yeah, you've gotten some. I was very happy with how many people listened. It's a little weird because like, we were like, oh, maybe 30, 50 people will listen, but it was more than that. And I, I, I want to thank our friends who helped us with our marketing, with our very grassroots marketing, <laughs> posting about our <laughs> IG stories. <laughs> That was the extent of it. Like we had Jason, Lewis, Derek, Ricky, Daisy, um, John. Um, I don't. I hope I'm not missing anyone. And uh, anyone else who shared the podcast. We really not just specifically it. your influencer, gay influencer friends. <laughs> what? Don't come after them. Don't you? Not coming after them. Oh, and and the listeners at home, please don't come after Nuri. We, we got a lot of that. He's too mean. He's too mean to me. That's just our dynamic. He's underneath all of that. He's actually a really great person. And he will not admit it, but I've seen him go to bat for his friends and do a lot to help people around him. So he's a, he's a good person. He's a good egg. He's a good egg. I, I hate that you use a baseball reference. I'm a sports gay. Huh. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> have you looked at yourself in the mirror again? You know what, what about you screams athletic? Me and they make a lot of assumptions and they're always not true. So what else is up? The economy is reopening slowly. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because yeah. no vaccines, nothing. How are things at the mall? Um, surrounded by stupidity, but I mean, that's okay. Um, there's a lot of people who refuse to use hand sanitizer. And I don't understand how people don't get that it's the new normal now. And I also want to put a PSA out to anyone who wears gloves if you go to the mall. <laughs> please, please, either sanitize your gloves or bring several pairs of gloves so you can switch them out every time. <laughs> it's completely moot if you wear one pair of gloves the entire day for four hours because you're only protecting yourself. You're touching everything else and you're spreading the shit around. Well, who cares about other people? You only need to protect yourself, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm going to be, be the mean one this episode. Watch. <laughs> and then I hope that you receive equal amount of hate that I got. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> are these like latex gloves that people are wearing? Like what? A- yeah. Well, I mean, most people wear latex gloves. Yeah, I once saw a guy wearing a latex glove with a cotton glove on top of it, and I wanted to, I wanted to scream with every fiber of my being, ounce of my being, asking him what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> well, he's doing it wrong. If it were me, I would wear the, <laughs> the latex glove on top of the cotton glove. I mean, that's just me. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's just me. Are you going to be a troll this entire day? <laughs> I don't want to bore people, all right? We need some distraction in these crazy times. Try not to bore people by telling your hour-long stories. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for a new place to live. I have been looking for a new place to live. Are they kicking you out? Yeah, just like of a, the retirement home? <laughs> what? There actually are a lot of elderly people who live in this building. That yeah, maybe that's why they complain about you making noise. Uh, God, that's that's actually well, I that's actually the main reason I want a new place is because I want good sound and uh, isolation because I like to sing, even though I'm not a very good singer. Um, it's it's like Britney, right? When they uh, did you ever see that interview where they asked, "Oh my God, guess who the interviewer was?" It was Diane Keaton. Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> She 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 asked Britney like, do you do you like your voice? What a troll question, right? To ask Britney Spears, and then she said, um, you know, I I I I don't I don't I don't like. I think my voice is okay. I like to sing. I would love to have a voice like Christina Aguilera. That's literally what she said. I'm gonna put that clip right here, and that's just like me, right? Like I like to sing, but I don't like the way my voice sounds. Do you like your voice? Do I like my voice? Um, oh, I'll be completely honest. I think my voice is okay. I like the feeling that I get when I sing. It's not so much my voice. It's a state that I go in when I sing. But I would love to have a voice like Christina. I do want to say that even if you got noise complaints, it's probably not because you have your bad voice. It's because of the songs you decide to sing. <laughs> A.K.A. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I actually don't sing a lot of her songs. Her songs are too hard to sing. That's about my skill. She doesn't have the range. I don't have the range. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also want to look for a new place because... Pause, pause, pause. Should I? Should I? I, I have mice. 
I had, no, no, no. I, I had mice. This building has a mice problem. And, uh, <laughs> why are you looking I'm, at I'm disgusted right now. That's why I haven't said anything. <laughs> no, it's, I uh, had a, a friend over and we were, we were watching, we we're watching some, oh, he was watching The Circle and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, he was like, uh, a mouse just ran from your kitchen to the living room and ran back. I was fucking mortified, all right? That's so embarrassing. Do you ever think about the fact that a mouse could scurry into bed with you at night? It could drag its little tail around your face. Bite my, my, bite my toes. That's why I want to move. No, no, no. Um, I, I called the superintendent the very next day and uh, he had, she had someone come in. They said some mouse traps and I caught two in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I have new mouse traps set, but I haven't caught anything. So I think my place is, is mice free. There's a couple. Do other you want to talk about Chromatica? Well, you loved Chromatica. Well, it's a gift from Godga. Godga. Lady, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Lady are, Gaga. Really, are, you, are you a little? Are you a little monster? Yeah. Put your paws up. Hands up. Paws up. Haven't you gone to a Gaga concert too? I've never been to a Gaga concert. I have not. Oh. Nope. But I, I do. Like I've said to you before, I. I don't, I don't fuck with her music, but I appreciate her artistry. Although I will say Chromatica is good. I, I like Chromatica. Good, because you love yourself. <laughs> um, what are your favorite songs in Chromatica? Um, there are 16 songs, so let me take the time to list all of them. <laughs> Chromatica, one. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> Do I'm I good. know the track list? I'm good, Nuri. Um, give me your top three. How about your top three? Rain on me is Phenom. Phenom Penen. Um, I like Alice. Yep, that's a good opener. And I don't know, my third might be Sour Candy. Yeah, that Asian representation, Blackpink. Yeah. In your area. <laughs> I don't know what that reference is to. Oh, it's an iconic Blackpink reference. Oh, I also do want to mention that after we released our episode, um, a friend sent me another Gaijin podcast. It's called the Lemon Podcast. Um, it hails from Australia. Don't, no, 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 please, well, no. You and I have been watching a lot of Real House of Sydney. So, I mean, we're pretty good <laughs> with, our, with our accents. My name is Marjorie. My lips made a face, but I always speak the truth. My, is that how she sounds? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah that's pretty accurate, actually. Let me, let me do a bit, all right? <clears throat> Yeah. <clears throat> you're a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And if I can look half as good as you at your age, then I think I've really achieved something. <laughs> I'm leaving the Zoom chat. Goodbye. There will be no episode two. Dude, that was so good. That was so good. That was straight up Melbourne. No way. <laughs> you guys, he's completely fr- Are you frozen? No, I am <laughs> I'm aghast. <laughs> it's a great podcast. I checked out one of their episodes. It's two Gaijins from Australia. Um, they're much more eloquent than us. Um, eloquent. <laughs> eloquent. No, seriously. And um, it's, it's actually, it's more pop culture driven. So uh, for those of you who um, are checking out podcasts for the first time, thanks to our podcast and are looking for other Gaijin podcasts, I think that's a really good one. Um, shout out to Lemon Podcast. There's another really good one too. It's called Yellow, Yellow... Fever. 
Can you imagine a fucking podcast named Yellow Fever? No, no, no. It's called, by two white gays. Oh, no, no, it's Yellow Yellow Glitter. Oh, remember when we wanted to, well, I wanted to name our co- podcast Stop White Gays? Yeah, I feel like the optics on that wouldn't be, wasn't good back then, but nowadays, I feel like that would have been perfect. Right? Right? And how's that for a segue into our main main topic today? We're going to stop white gays today. <laughs> I, I really like today's topic because you and I come from such different backgrounds and experiences and such and have such different perspectives on this, right? Yeah, because you have a lot of friends and I don't. <laughs> no, Nuri, you have tons of really good friends. That's Moving cool. forward. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about Gaysian friends, circles and Gaysian friends. Gaysian, gay Asian. It's a portmanteau. Yes, I feel like most people listen know what Gaysians are. I know, that's like our primary audience, right? Oh, no, we do have one, um, a few white people listening to it. Wait, Spotify told how do you know so. Do you put your ethnicity on Spotify? How, do they, how does Spotify know? I don't know. I could be making that up. I also... <laughs> <laughs> it's like based on the music you listen to. Some Britney, some Carly. <laughs> You're white. <laughs> oh, no. Leah Michelle. You're definitely white. <laughs> Anyways. I feel like you have a lot more, I feel like you're in a periphery, you are in a lot more friend groups than I am. So I feel like you're much more qualified to talk about the subject. Um, I don't think what, well, you, we, we have different experiences, right? Like I, most of my ex- experience comes from living in LA for much of my 20s and you are you're raised here in Vancouver. And so I think there's two different kinds of Gaijin communities in, 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 in either cities. I think my gay, gay Asian friends from LA are a huge reason I am the way I am today, whether positive or negative. Those are very formative, formative years. And uh, I, I guess it, it's a privilege to have been in, on the periphery at least, of a, a bunch of different Gaijin cliques. Do you feel like you've been a part of a lot of different friend groups because all groups of friends need one ugly friend? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> wow. How long does it take you to think of that joke? I um, spent all morning laying in bed trying to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my first group of gays and friends in LA, they were like a group of professional gays. I met them. Um, well, I met them do my second outing ever at Rage, uh, which is a club in West Hollywood for those who are not familiar. And every Friday they have uh, Game, Boy. Game Boy. Yeah. It's, I love Game Boy. It's like mostly gay Asians. And uh, I met this, this first group of professional gays when I was like 21, 22, and they were already in their early 30s and mid 30s. And they were wow. really gracious. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, were, they were really, really successful. And I think that gave me a positive outlook into what, could be for myself in the future but you know other than that like we didn't really have much to talk about because i was so young at the time but i'm still friends with some of them today like they're all at (laughs) high level positions and big companies and yeah they're we're still in each other's lives some of them so that was your college years no that was right after college right after college years what about college years oh i had oh no i was in portland during college so i just white gays and (laughs) (laughs) 
very out of the blue question, but like, huh. are, is, do you feel like there's a big difference between being in a group of white gay friends and Asian gay friends? Um, I, okay, I wouldn't say that I even had a group of white gay friends um, in Portland, just because, you know, <laughs> racism. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I had like a few gay friends here and there. My roommate actually from college, um, freshman year, was gay. He's a white gay, not problematic, non-problematic white gay. Um, we know a few. It was rare to come by. Very rare, um, but you know, because I think I lacked that in Portland. Once I got to LA, it was important for me to find a gay Asian circle, just because you know of our shared interests and commonalities and struggles. I'm I'm gonna get a little academic here, all right? So, I think having a good group of gay Asian friends in your formative years is important to your to the development of a positive self identity. So this is framework. It's called the People of Color Racial Identity Model. It was developed by William Cross and it was used as the backbone. Stop rolling your eyes, okay? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm just bored right now, but okay. <laughs> this is... Uh, <clears throat> um, it was used as the backbones of this book called Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? Which I heavily used um, for my thesis research on racial grouping. And within this model, there are five stages. And stage three is called Emersion and Emersion. It's during which you have a very strong desire to surround yourself with visible symbols of your racial identity so that you can actively seek out opportunities to explore aspects of your own culture with the support of your same race peers. Did you get that? Yeah. So basically, if you had a gay Asian friend group growing up, you're more likely to fuck Asian people than white people. <laughs> I guess. I feel like there's some merit to that. No, I, I, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I think the focus of this stage is on self-discovery, right? So finding out who you are through the positive affirmation and support of uh, people who look like you, whether that's in person like I did or, you know, in other avenues like an online community like you did. An example of this could be like if I'm at Rage or if I'm at a club where it's predominantly gay Asians and if someone rejects me, then at least I know that it's because I'm ugly and not because I'm Asian. It just removes that layer of uncertainty, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that layer of... Does that mean I'm an ugly person? Did you get rejected a lot of rage? Uh, I don't think I ever went up to people at rage. Oh, really? Remember I did have someone... I got hella rejected uh-huh. at Junction? <laughs> Who rejected Oh, wait, you? you weren't with me. No. I do remember that one time I tried to introduce you to someone that you apparently already knew. <laughs> and he tried to put your, his hands down your pants. God, <clears throat> our Junction stories, that could take up an entire episode, right? We've only gone to Junction together like maybe all of seven times. But so much happened in all those seven times. That's true. I got into a fight with a white person. You did. Thank you for sticking up for me. Thank you for... Oh, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, he fucking molested me on the dance floor, which is so weird speaking about mol- being molested at my age. <laughs> Truly hadn't happened to me since I was in my early 20s. And that has happened twice out of the seven times that we've gone together. You know what? We'll just we'll leave that um, for another episode. Where, where was I? Oh, positive identity development, right? Yeah, I, I tuned out of all that. <laughs> I think you've had some experience in that area too. Like you, you came from the other side, which is mostly online. Yeah. That's I think you your support system. I made most of my friends during my high school years online. Yeah, I actively, like I, in the first time, 
I actively sought out Asian people to who were similar to me, and they were the reason why I was able to get through high school. Usually, like for the most part, yeah. And a a good portion of them I did end up meeting the years after mm-hmm. I graduated high school, and I would visit them in LA or New York or San Francisco, and. There never felt like there was any awkwardness because we met on the internet. Yeah, but I mean, it was very helpful because before that, before you're right, before assimilating to finding a group of Asian gays, I found myself more attracted to white people because that was the only thing I knew of, and that was the only representation I knew of as a as gay people. Yeah, so I don't think that I would be who I am now. If it wasn't for the fact that I found an Asian community online, and it's I think even online for people who are more introverted, I mean it's just easier for people to maybe open up and say what's on their mind when it's behind the screen, versus you know when they're staring directly at your your face, right? That's I think that's how a lot of gamers build their communities. Gay Asian gamers even there's nothing quite like spending hours and hours and hours online playing a game together. Getting to know each other and then meeting up in person later, right? I don't think a lot of gamer gays meet up as often as you think they do. What do you mean? There's a whole there's a group called Vancouver Gamers Meetup. Like it happens every month. I do not participate in gamer culture, so I didn't know that actually. I think with the evolution of internet and what it is today, we have we still have these online communities, right? We have subtle queer Asian traits. There's people are meeting each other on Instagram, Reddit. And then even during COVID, there's there are these Zoom parties. Like um, I know a friend who is talking to someone that he met in one of these Gaijin Zoom chats a, a few weeks ago. And over the weekend, that guy went down from NorCal to SoCal to what? to hang out. What? Uh huh. Um, so I think these spaces are important for us to meet people who are like us. Uh, whether that's friends or dates, right? Yeah. Although I don't think I've no, I've never dated anyone from the internet. You haven't? No, I've had romantic prospects, but that's a surprise because you're such like a child of the internet. <laughs> child of the internet. No, I feel like Tumblr was more so for a place for me to find community, like more than it was for me to find a boo. It's also a place to like hoe around a little bit. Well, that's what I mean. Is that I, I know that you hold around on Tumblr, and um, <laughs> but then it's like, does the hoeing not lead to dating? It's just strictly hoeing. I've never physically met. Well, oh, it's, it's virtual like, hoeing. Dude, virtual hoeing. You know, mm. you reap what you ho- sow. Ho. <laughs> you reap what you hoe. <laughs> you reap what you hoe. <laughs> <laughs> like for those people that you were talking about, they met on a virtual. Chat room where people were aiming to make friends, or like there was already a pre-established friend group in there, right? I think so. Yeah. Or I mean, and then someone comes like in listening to music together, like EDM festivals and raving, virtual raving, <laughs> if that's a thing. Yeah, like even if they weren't a friend group, yeah, they were just a group of gays, and I've never really been in a major, like a big group of gays. Because I don't think that really exists in Vancouver. Vancouver, like a big, big, big group of gays. Gays. Yeah, it does. The Tommy Moore beep, 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 beep group. 
The BPP group. Oh, him. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. they're Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> what? They're like, pit, they're like the they're pitbull of gay there. groups. I have no idea what that means. What's the pitbull of gay Asian groups? You don't get it? No. Pitbull, pitbull is Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. Oh, so and like they, they have friends all over the world? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, when, when Jason and them came, came and visited back in, was it October? And we were all going out uh, on Davy Street. He literally brought out these, this group of Gaijins, like this all new group of Gaijins I had never even met before in the three years that I lived here. Who were they? I mean, beep, 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 beep. it was one of them. There were other ones. I was like, whoa, where did you come from? And then after that, like every time I went to Junction, I kept running into them. <laughs> so it's like oh I, know. I know what group you're talking about yeah 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 so yeah. I guess yeah there are groups here in Vancouver because you have experience in gay-ish groups do you find a lot of people date each other within the group I think it happens mm, I think it more so happens at the mm, let me let me think I think it definitely happens but it happens more so either at the beginning stages of the formation of the group or like if a group is already really established, then someone will bring someone in. And then <laughs> depending how well that goes, either that person can, can date the person who brought them in or they can date someone else in the group. And sometimes that, you know, creates a lot of drama as I have seen in my years. Um, but it's actually funny because like, uh, so, so there's, I guess there's this main group of gay, Gaysians in LA, um, at least, you know. That you, you were associated with that I was associated with. And the reason that I was brought into the group, at least, you know, sort of brought in was because I dated someone um, who, who- Was Tumblr famous. Yeah, he was Tumblr famous and he was part of this group and they would, uh, well, Jason was like the leader of this group, I guess. And he, he's, he's always tried to include me in things over the years, which I really appreciate. Um, they, they have, they do this, they used to do this annual trip called DDR every summer. Dance, dance revolution. Uh huh. Dance, dance revolution. No, no, no. Actually, no. It stands for the initials of the three people whose birthdays they celebrate over the summer. And um, I wasn't invited every year, but I think I went either once or twice. I don't remember, but it's 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 really fun. So you were brought into a friend group through dating someone Tumblr famous, and you got you made good friends out of that interaction. Yeah, but have you years? Like, have you ever had bad experiences? Not with you, maybe, but like, are there bad experiences dating within a friend group? Hmm. Well, I think in just dating in general, I think sometimes it's just important to get the <laughs> to get the sexual attention out of the way, like bang the sexual attention out of the way, and then you can really connect. Because honestly, one of my favorite things to do is hook up with friends. <laughs> no it's pillow you talk pause. it's pillow talk no I, it's pillow talk i think i found that sometimes that's where i've made some of my best connections you know even with people who aren't typically very open and i i treasure those moments i, I really value con- connection right like, so are you so saying that you sleep with a lot of your friends no 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 not a lot but some i have <laughs> <laughs> I, I I value connection, right? So even when the physical stuff ends, there's still like that mental connection. And I usually try, and you've seen me try my very best to ma- maintain some of these connections. Um, what? Yeah, 
I, maybe I do try too hard. Um, and it's hurtful when that's not when when the effort is not put back. But maybe I'm just maybe I just try too hard. Maybe I'm stupid. I will tell a story though, since we're trying to make this since we're trying to make this podcast valuable to our young listeners out there. Um, I had a friend who. Uh, well, he wasn't a friend at the time, but he was introduced by a mutual friend as a new person who had moved to town. And I had a crush on him. So I went after him really hard. And then he wasn't into it. He friendzoned me. But from that, we developed a very, very close and very deep friendship. And then somewhere along the lines, he developed an attraction for me. And then, and then we ended up hooking up a few times. And then we... And then, and then, and then that was that. And we st- we still remain very close to this day. Like there's no weirdness, there's no there's no awkwardness. And so I think it's all about like maturity and timing, and also comfort level. Like how comfortable do you feel with each other before you make that choice to begin or end a physical connection, right? So what you're saying is that to make more friends in Vancouver, I need to sleep with more people. Yeah, that's precisely what I said. Exactly what I said. Just <laughs> we did this personality test where we both agree that you need to look out for yourself first before anyone else. I think it's good that you have friendships and you do things for your friends that help them grow and your friends do the same for you. Yeah. But you can't expect people to give you every second of their day to appease you. Whoa. Who, who said that? 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 Maybe I come at it from a very like damaged point of view, but like I don't feel like people owe you what you think they owe you. Are you okay, are you, are you attacking me or are you attacking everyone out there? Everyone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? No, and I think that's very selfless of you, but I also think that makes it difficult for you to form trust with people because I think part of being in a friendship is that you have this implicit contract where there is an obligation to be there for each other. You know, because yeah, no one's required to drop everything they're doing in order to tend to you. I don't know why you keep going to the extremes. That's not where I'm trying to go with this. An obligation doesn't mean dropping everything you do to like be there for that. That's the definition of an obligation. It's an implicit obligation to just stay in contact with people. Where maybe that's my, like I don't stay in contact with a lot of people. So I don't feel like the obligation is there. I don't feel like it should be an obligation. An obligation feels like it's a duty. I don't. And And for friendships to be that word. Sorry? Maybe that's a bad word. Obligation. Well, that's why I add like implicit in before it because it's not, it's it's not meant to be restrictive, right? It's you're you're doing it out of your own free will. But is it really your own free will if you sometimes don't want to do it? Like it's like the idea it. of a social contract. Like the idea of a social contract is that it's there to keep things moving like people follow the social contract but you're not obligated to follow the social contract like i've i've had friends that go back i guess my two closest friends i've had since freshman year of college so that's how how, how many how many years ago and we we don't we may not talk every week we may not even talk every other week but we catch up with each other at least once a month either over the phone or on zoom and it's not something that i don't think that's an obligation i think that's an 
Like again, it's, it's that's something you want to do. It's something you want to do. But I think this is where you're able to differentiate that you have groups of friends that you can talk to once a month and still maintain that connection. Yeah. But you have some people in your life that you need to constant communication with just to feel that connection. I feel like that's not necessary. Well, maybe with a newer friend that you're trying to develop a deeper bond with, then yeah, you would want to have a more regular communication so that you can build, build up that history, right? But you, you're still neglecting the fact that people have different methods of communication and people have different methods of showing friendship. How and you I, can't hold someone to something that they might not be attuned to doing naturally. How am, like I, you know, how am I neglecting this? I said you can text, you can call, you can Zoom. As long as there's some form of communication to keep up that connection, then I think that's all that matters. I don't think constantly, constant communication means a connection. I think it does. Without it, you just don't... No, constant communication doesn't necessarily always lead to a connection. It just means communication. You can spend all day talking about nothing and not learn nothing about someone. Well, hopefully that's not what's happening because I wouldn't talk to someone and just talk about nothing. But that doesn't... My method of communication isn't to talk to someone every day or even once a week. For the most part, I don't feel the need to talk to someone all the time. But when I do talk to people that I haven't talked to in a while, that connection is still there because we've already established a... able to establish a friendship and a connection beforehand. I'm saying if it's a new person and you talk to them once every three months, is that really a connection that you're building? That's a different... No, then... Fine. Let's just leave that one. We'll, we'll, um, We'll agree to disagree. now would be a good time to bring up our listener question we have a listener question that was a question that was sent to lee i'm curious how you and nuri actively engage your queer identity with the rest of your personality the reason i ask is because i'm pretty hesitant to interact with the greater gay community at large mostly because i get a superficial sense that's what's keeping these relationships intact wait no (laughs) the lack of punctuation the reason why I ask is, I'm pre- is that I'm pretty hesitant to interact with the greater gay community at large, mostly because I get a superficial sense that what's keeping these relationships intact is nothing more than the fact that they are gay, and more specifically, gay Asian. And with social media, it seems like gay Asian community has further tokenized this identity, and I can't get a clear picture of how real and genuine these relationships are, and if they truly become long-term, since sexuality shouldn't just be the only thing keeping people together. The gay community is stereotyped for being ostentatious, fun, sassy, dramatic, etc. And I feel like this becomes such a disservice and almost dehumanizing to other aspects of that individual that are equally, if not more important. For example, hobbies or interests, values, causes you care about, etc. Not sure, but simply put, how do you see and actively engage with your career identity in the context of you? I think that I don't mean to come off as dismissive. Quiet, but, huh? Dismissive. Yeah, I don't feel like coming off as, I don't want to come off as being dismissive towards the listener, but I do yeah. feel like this message does make me feel like the person who sent this in views himself as an outsider. And I feel like they must have had some negative experiences before that has made them attribute what's happening to being the greater picture in whole. 
Is it negative experiences or no experiences? Negative experiences. Well, it also sounds like they haven't found their tribe. Yeah, and I feel like they haven't found their tribe, but I feel like it's because they've had these negative experiences and now they view it as entirely a bad rather than something that could be good. Because we both talked about how... Sorry. I don't know. I didn't think... That's not what I got. I I, I didn't get that negative of a feel to the question. I thought it was more of a... Like, I'm not sure what's happening with these Gaijin friendships. Like, I'm not sure if they're genuine. I'm not sure if they're real. And I'm not sure what's keeping them together other than that they're gay and Asian. I can relate to the question because it reminds me of the way I used to feel growing up in high school and on the internet with bigger gay groups online. Yeah. And like, I wanted to fit in with them purely because they were gay and Asian. And then I was act. I I personally felt like I was actively rejected in these groups. Part of it, I want to say, is because demographically I was in Vancouver and everyone else was in California. I feel like, even though I had I knew one or two of the people in the group, and I also had lots of things in common with them, <laughs> there was no way of me getting a point of entry into that group, despite yeah. sharing similar values and attributes to my sexuality and ethnicity. So I I feel like that might be where this is coming from. But I mean, I recently asked one of the people who dated one of the quote unquote ringleaders of that group. Yeah. And it wasn't anything personal. It was more so like they thought that I was immature. They thought you were immature? Yeah. Wow. Which I think was valid. <laughs> no, I fully think I was valid. And I, I feel like I would be a lot more different if I had gone into that group because I, again, relating back to what the listener thinks yeah, I do think there is a layer of superficialness around those groups. It's like optics, right? But that's the thing. They're just optics. If you're just going by t- optics, it's like, I feel like you're, you're doing a disservice to the real humans behind these optics. But to be fair, like these group, this, most of the major gay groups in, on Tumblr when I was growing up have disbanded. And like, I get, so I get where the listener is coming from, but at the same time, I no longer feel that way because I no longer actively seek out groups that are there just because they're gay and Asian. I'd rather make connections with individuals. So I don't want to have, I don't feel the importance of having a big group. Although I know that you have, you are in a peripheral in a lot of groups. So I feel like you would look at it differently. I think that's really interesting because as I said earlier, like it's, it's been a huge part of developing me into who I am today because of the positive affirmations and um, support that I was able to get from my Gaijin friends in my 20s in in LA. And going back to my very boring little academic bit, I think the the part about stereotypes in this listener's question, being surrounded by people who look like you and have some, share similar background and experiences as you, that's where you have the opportunity to unlearn some of these internalized stereotypes about your own groups mm-hmm. so so that you can construct or define a positive sense of self for yourself i do i think having a group makes it easier for you to be able to, to do that and when you do it on your own without a big group it is harder precisely and that's why i think it's so important to have gaijin friends and i and i urge this listener to s- seek them out but it's also it's hard right it's like where do you live like i think it's that makes a big difference. It's, it's, it's a huge difference. Even LA and Vancouver. 
right? I do agree with you that having a group of friends is good, but I don't think you should, if it's something that causes you unhappiness trying to find groups like that or trying to fit in just for the sole sake of fitting in, don't do it. Like, yeah, go find or go be yourself and eventually the right people will come along for you that will make you better. I, I don't know. I think... I don't know if I agree, agree completely with that. I think you need to put some effort in there, definitely. Yeah, you should put some effort. But if those efforts are met with feelings of self... Well, then those, that's not the group that you should really be going for. There's so many yeah. different types of groups out there. Like, I mean, I had the clubs. <laughs> it sounds so weird to say. Uh, that, I mean, I just was not an online person. But you had online. And within online, there's like gamer groups. And there's also sports, right? You know, I know in Vancouver... I don't think happy. sports gays are a thing. No, there's a, I don't think sports gaysians are a thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's a bunch of gaysians who play volleyball here. And then in LA, right. I have Asians friends who play badminton on a pretty regular basis. I do want to say that, yeah, there are a lot of subgroups in gay groups that are more than just being gay and Asian. Like you have waiver gays, you have clubbing gays, you have yeah. um, what other kind of gays. Hiking gays, nature gays. <laughs> yeah, those are the gays I don't know about because I don't do that stuff. Gym, gym bunny gays. <laughs> and if you're stuck in an area without these gaysian groups, move. Move to San Francisco. Move to that's LA. Not, that's not fully possible for everyone. You can't just tell people to move. Okay, you can work towards moving, right? Like you can make that a goal. Like if you're 18 right now and you move out by 23, you can start a plan. You can... There are things that you can do. And I know I'm speaking from privilege. I know that. And it's not possible for everyone. You know, you know Kelly and Michelle, my, my Kelly and my Michelle. Um, Kelly always wanted to move to LA. And, you know, he worked his ass off in his 20s so that he could move to LA in his late 20s. And he did that. And now he's, his whole, whole family's moved to LA. Yeah, I think it's fine to move. But I also don't think you should dedicate your sole purpose to moving to find that sense of belonging because at the end of the day this sounds really preachy and self-lovey but like you have to find that in yourself before you can find it in other people right if you yeah, always identify people, as an, i think i think other people help you they find do your own sense of belonging but if you constantly identify yourself as an outsider no matter where you go you'll always view yourself as an outsider but the point i think is to not always be an outsider and I don't think moving can necessarily solve that. I, 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 think, I think it can. I think community is important. And yeah, I, I but you can find community <laughs> through online. You can find an online community. If you play like video games, you don't have to move to LA to play League of Legends with everyone. But eventually you do want to meet up with people and have dinner parties or like go out together. Like just, online friends are great. But I think online friends plus in-person meetups, I think that's even better. I mean, if anything, this COVID thing has taught us is that we need in-person human interaction. Like, I'm so thankful that you, I've had you and PL during this, this crazy time because it's truly been, you guys have been a lifesaver for me. So you're basically a roommate at this point. <laughs> you come in, you can help yourself to food. You leave things everywhere. You make me do all your lo- you make me do your chores. But like going back to what you said about belonging, I also want to say that I think maybe this is where we differ. Is that 
as an immigrant, belonging is something that I've always looked for. It's, that's why it actually really pissed me off when you and Kevin both kept calling me white the other day. You guys attacked me. Well, you still belong in that group, even though you're a white person. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm not white. And first of all, I've had to adapt to a lot of different people and different communities because I moved around so much and not always successfully. And my racial identity and the issue of belonging is something that I've always contended with. So it's just an extra sensitive topic for me. And um, I hope you guys, not you guys, the listeners, but I hear you, Nuri, know that as my friend. And, and I hear that. No fucking I like that you're again. my sole white friend, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so upset right now. I am upset. You're well, fully going to send me a 10-page long WhatsApp message after this saying, these are the reasons why I don't identify <laughs> as white. And I would normally say there's nothing wrong with being white, but you know what? There is a lot of stuff being wrong wrong with being white right now. So, stop white gays. <laughs> stop <kidding>. white gays. <laughs> we don't have a final segment this week. Why don't we do recommendations? Yeah, we can do recommendations. Okay, I'll go first so you can think of one because I, I, sure. I have one on top of my mind. Um, so if you guys like music <laughs> <laughs> and are gay, um, I highly, highly recommend JoJo's latest release, Good to Know. It's a beautiful album. And for someone like me who typically doesn't listen to lyrics, the other day I was washing dishes and I was on Spotify Discover Weekly and one of her new songs popped up. The lyrics just really caught me off guard. Um, it's, you famously don't listen to lyrics. No, I, I don't. And, you know, I, it's not something that I'm necessarily going through right now, but it's definitely a place I've been uh, in the past, even recently. Uh, the song is called Think About You. So then I, I, I checked out the entire album and holy shit, like it's just a beautiful R&B album. If you like SZA, if you like Solange, I highly recommend you give this album a listen. Again, that's Jojo. Good to know. Nuri, do you have a recommendation for our listeners? Um, <laughs> my recommendation this week is an uh, album by Rina Sawayama. I feel like I say that like a white person, but it's okay. Um, her album, Sawayama, is a bop, certified bop from start to finish. Um, she's a queer Japanese, British, does that make sense? Yeah, singer. Mm. And multinational. I've played you multinational. Yeah. She went to Harvard or Yale. I don't know. She went to a university. She Asian, so. Sorry? She is Asian. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've played you a few of her songs before. I feel like it's important to listen to her right now because she's also a queer Asian voice that we should listen to. None of her, none of her songs have male pronouns in it. She always sings about a girl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I only recently realized that too. I wish hmm, I wish your music sounded better. Uh, you can fuck her right up. <laughs> She also recently released... Sorry? No, I was going to say I'm not quite on board with her just yet, but sorry, go ahead. But to tie it all into the theme of this episode, she just released a music video called Bad Friend. <laughs> it's a pretty good song. Is that you, Nuri? Are you a bad friend? Yeah. That's truly the... That's literally the lyrics of the song. I'm a bad, I'm a bad friend. Wow. I see where you get your inspiration from then. Yeah, I stand my queer Japanese icons. 
<laughs> All right, and with that, are we ready to say peace out to our listeners? No. Oh, sorry, you had more. No, I don't have anything else to say. Oh, okay. So let's end this. Uh, follow us on Instagram at uh, Why Won't You Love Yourself. Send us your questions. Perfectly in sync. Sorry. Send, send us your questions at why won't you love yourself at gmail.com or just send us a DM um, feedback ratings on iTunes. We love, we love it all. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We hope you can you- follow us on Twitter at please love yourself. P L Z L O V E U R S E L F. We hope you have uh, a good week. We're going to try to do this every two weeks, but um, we might not be as regular, <laughs> but uh, stay safe, stay safe out there. Black lives matter. Thank <laughs> you.